Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But under the right circumstances, a producer could make more money with a flop than he could with a hit. Hmm. Yes, it's quite possible. Welcome to the NFC East Show, the only show keeping the NFC East honest. Williams, how are you doing, my man? I'm chilling. How are you? Uh, well, I mean, I think one thing I can tell the audience is, uh, my, I'm, I'm so far undefeated in parlaying all of my picks in the division on a week over week basis, betting my picks, as I've said, I've been doing, I can't, did I say undefeated? I mean, only defeated. (laughs) (laughs) I was very, very, I was just giving a thoroughly confused look. I was like, aren't you worth like $8 million? What is the opposite of? winless i guess but I, I don't know yeah only defeated yeah completely and utterly <laughs> completely defeated, defeated. <laughs> <laughs> i haven't hit it all uh i feel like i need to step up my game in this pod like i need to actually analyze football i need to actually say something intelligent i feel like i've been falling victim to recency bias too often and not like noticing macro trends not considering the opponents so i'm going to try and really Think about this this episode. Okay. Keep me honest, man. All right. I need a hit. Just pick what I pick because I'm right a lot of the time. <laughs> I should just follow you. <laughs> I you think know, I started you know to actually right do that last week and I'm still not hitting. <laughs> right. What what my way of picking, as yours often is, is like that tea leaf reading of like what will the cosmos like how will they inflict pain yeah. upon certain teams? Yeah. Hence like my lions. Eagles beating the Lions two weeks ago type stuff. Yeah. Um, and also Washington beating Tampa last week. We'll get to that. But <sighs> it may not feel like a long-term pain-worthy infliction, but it is yeah. on Washington. It's always... That was a great pick. I should have followed you on that one. Right. We'll, but, but, we'll, that's but really why I, will I say, this. Yeah, I will say I, I felt the same way about your Giants beating the Cowboys pick in week four or whenever that was. Yeah. And, and I was fell. almost right until the game yeah. went away. Yeah. So there is something to that. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, the Eagles first. I picked the Broncos, not the Eagles. Um, and the Eagles showed up with probably the most complete demonstrative, demonstrative win of the season. Um, just, yeah. I can say, like, pretty objectively, I think the first half especially was probably Jalen Hurts' best half as an Eagle. Uh, like, a threat r- running as well as passing, like, pretty authoritatively in a way that I haven't seen from Jalen Hurts so far this year. It kind of went away in the second half. Granted, a lot of that had to do with play calling and Eagles just trying to control the ball and run the clock because the lead was already kind of away from the Broncos and the Broncos aren't really a pass to get out of a whole team. Yeah. But, um, as an Eagles, uh, pessimist this year, I did feel like Sunday was a little bit of an eating crow moment for me. Um, and now I'm I'm kind of taking this, you've, you went from like pretty optimistic, pretty quickly pessimistic, like weak, Week three week one, or something. Week one, I want to say. <laughs> yeah. Even though we blew out the Falcons, I think I was like a little bit like. <laughs> yeah. And then you had like, see what happens after after being your friend for a long time and talking to you about sports. You are always like kind of on board until you're fully off board. And then you're so mad for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> just and this, I just got a barrage of texts from you. I'll, I'll have to look back at the Eagles schedule because I don't remember what loss it was. Where you were just like, "I'm fighting these fucking clowns off, like fuck these guys." <laughs> and I just, and now I do understand why you'd regret that because they they do look pretty good. They look they look better every week. I mean, they narrowly lost last week. This could very well be three straight. Um, that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is. It's a four and six team that's gone two and one over their last three games. Like yeah. it's not like, you know, 
there's, setting the there's, world on fire. There's reasons for buy signals, though, if you if you want to start taking the Eagles a little bit more yeah. seriously, because I do think that over that two and one stretch, it's not like they've bumbled their way to two and one, making the same mistakes that they were while they were sliding earlier in the year. It feels like they have found a little bit of an offensive identity. It feels like they don't. The defense still gives me a lot of concern. Um, it feels like a defense where they're just going to leak big plays against good teams and they're going to be very turnover dependent against mediocre to bad teams. Um, like, yeah. I don't think they're able to shut out anyone besides the lions. And I think that teams like the chiefs and Cowboys can probably still stomp them. Right. But if the offense continues doing their job and controls the clock through this run game, and I would say full credit also to, you know, we, we, Eagles fans have been, I think, spoiled by Jeff Stoutland and the offensive line ever since he's been with the team. And I think this is one of those years where even with injuries and with subpar talent, maybe even with talent that have been in the building for a little bit that he's had the opportunity to work with for a few years, finally starting to solidify. This offensive line is, I think, undoubtedly the strength of the offensive unit. And it's the only reason why Jordan Howard looks three years younger. And Boston Scott looks like he is our Tony Pollard, you know? Right. Here's a question. When do we eat crow about being wrong about the importance of running the football? <laughs> never. All right. That's not a conversation we're, we're ready to have. No, I'm, not, I guess. I'm never ready to have it. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, hey, I mean, I think there's, here's what I'll say. I think that the offense that Nick Sirianni was trying to run in the beginning of the year is an offense that would have been very successful with different players. Um, I think that he did the smart thing and settled into the offense he had, which is run first. I don't think that this is a Super Bowl ready offense or a deep playoff ready offense. I think the best offenses do both well and, you know, prey on the weaknesses of the defense. Like I think those yeah. are a very one dimensional team, you know, uh, at least on offense, still. Yeah. Now I, I mean, will. I will also say, again, the Eagles at no point in this game trail. Yes. Which again always makes running easier. They started with the ball. They kicked a field goal. Defense forced a punt. They came right down the field and scored a touchdown. Like yep. okay, it's ten zip. You're in the driver's seat for running the ball the rest of the game. Yep. Exactly. I. I am encouraged by what I saw by from Jalen Hurts as a passer this game. I want to see more of that. But I still have my doubts where, I mean, to your point, if the Eagles find themselves on the opposite end of that, down 10, down 13, that Jalen Hurts is the type of quarterback that can throw himself and his team out of that hole. You know, um, what we'll see. I mean, hopefully the Eagles have more opportunities to show that in in different games this year. And I trust that, I mean, hey, if Jalen Hurts continues to improve and shows he wasn't the quarterback he was before, great. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to I not going to be upset still, about that. So is he in that, like, my fear, if I were an Eagles fan, is he still walking that weird line bet- between, like, we don't really need to look around, let's give him one more year, let's spend our picks building the rest of the team, or is it still like a full hard commit to a new quarterback? Because I feel like he's he's really walking the knife set where you could make a reasonable argument either way. Yeah, I mean, I really think that, and this is this is me stepping outside of recency bias, right? I think that he's showing encouraging signs, but the only way he solidifies that is if he's the quarterback he was in this game for the last eight games of the year. And yep. isn't the guy he was for the previous eight games of the year. Right. Right. Like this could be a flash in the pan game. I, I think that in general, he's trending upwards. The one thing is like, I don't think he's, con- I don't think he's put together like four quarters in one game of like him being the reason why the Eagles offense was successful singularly where right. I think he's had halves that worked really well. Um, like, like I said, I think the Broncos half was his best half of football as an Eagle. Um, the second half, the Eagles were running the ball more, but when he was given the chance to pass, he still kind of looked like 
Jalen Hurts of two or three weeks ago, you know? So who knows? Maybe he's a rhythm quarterback. Maybe he needs to like hit on like one or two deep passes to give himself the confidence to know he can put it on a rope in a given game. He can't just come out of the freezer. You know what I mean? Um, Who knows? My hope is Sirianni understands these things about him as he continues to coach with him. And if he continues to look this serviceable and this good, like no reason to run away from him, you know, but yeah, can't, can't fall victim to recency bias audience. Just can't do it. That's my theme this week. Okay. The long uh, view, longest the view, long in the view. Room. longest view in the room. Um, do I regret the cross off? No. <laughs> okay. Can we wait? Can we talk about the cross off for a second? And we talked about this a little bit just over text. Both of us kind of forgot that there are seven playoff teams now. Yep. <laughs> like that really changes the whole dynamic of the cross. I think it is like it's not just division winners; it's playoff entries that we're crossing them off. Like, are these teams making the playoffs? Yeah, it's stupid. It's stupid, but it does make sense, I guess, to cross them off that way. There's no when you're crossing somebody off. There's no chance of 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 winning a Super Bowl, and so. I think you gotta handle it like that. I ah, man, okay. Here you're looking at standings. I am. I mean, here's that. I mean, the Eagles are half a game above Washington and New York right now, and I think the Eagles are the only team in the division who haven't had their bye week yet yeah that's the reason for the half game um yeah i don't know i i mean i think the thing that still concerns me about the eagles in terms of uh being crossed off which is a decision i've already made so i can't go back on it um they basically have all their division games left (laughs) right (laughs) like they have to play i think both washington and new york twice yeah as well as dallas Dallas again yeah yeah i think um a normal a a person an impartial fan might just look at the schedule and say like oh the strength of schedule gets a lot easier you know they play just between washington and the giants four three and six teams basically but division games are different you know especially as the weather turns colder the chance for weirdness is just through the roof um and i think my other again the whole eagles bowl thesis for making the playoffs right now rests on how they look over Mm -hmm. a three-game stretch um and when you look at the actual standings it's like okay the Vikings are equally in it. The entire NFC South, including the Falcons, who suck, are in it. It's incredible how bad the Falcons are. How are they four and five right now? It's I don't understand it at all. Um, and then, you know, the 49ers, the Rams, and the Cardinals are all I mean, the Rams and the Cardinals are certainly in it, but like there's like there's like 12 teams right now in the NFC that are in it. You know, yeah, reasonably. Yeah. So, hell, even Giants and Washington fans are talking themselves into it. I mean, and it's not that unreasonable to talk yourselves into it, even if you're Washington or. Yes, it is, but that's okay. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't going to say you're ju- more. Yeah. I think I think yeah. Washington is probably more reasonably hyping themselves up a little. Hyping bit. themselves up, you know. Yeah. It's basically the same position they were in last year, and they won the dang division. And I obviously that's, that's not going to happen this year. Yeah, but. <laughs> right. That is the big. That is what made last year such a fun horse race. Is like, <laughs> it was like, um, man. I any analogy I make will be crude, but like, like a hundred meter dash between like a bunch of blackout drunk people. Like, yeah. anyone at one given moment could look like they're about to take it and go totally off the rails. I mean, here's the thing. I could probably sit here and make a bull thesis for Philly, New York, and Washington based on their performance over their their last two games to make the playoffs if I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I think the Eagles are the strongest, 
Yeah. I don't think that them being the strongest means that it's a lock when I can just as easily say the same thing about two other teams. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> like for sure. It's too recent. I'm still kind of I mean, here's the crazy I mean, here's the crazy thing about Philly. Yes. You can make the argument that it's strength of schedule, but Philly's 0 and 4 at home. Yeah. That is weird. I I mean, I expect that will like positively regress. Perhaps, Today. but like, like you just have to figure. It's hard to say that when what? Like more than half like more than half of those home games now are division games or half of those home games are division games now from now until the end yeah. of the year. You know? Like those can go either way, you know? Uh For sure. Yeah, I don't regret the cross-off. I'm happy to see this. I hope that it continues to trend this way, but I, I just think there's too much weirdness that can go on, too much division stuff that can happen. Right. I think Cowboys are clearly in pole position to win the division, but wild card, I still think, feels like a little bit of a, a reach. But we'll see. If, yeah. it, if it's going to happen, it starts this week, because I think that the Eagles need this game against the Saints. Right. Can we double-check cross-off for a second? I crossed off the Giants. I crossed off Washington last week. Is that right? I don't know. I thought okay. both of us haven't crossed off Washington. Right. I feel like I've been on the verge of crossing them off because they're so dysfunctional, but I haven't just for spiritual reasons. No, I know you have. You have. I remember. Okay. I think Washington is the only one I haven't crossed off. And I think right. You... One, we each need yeah. one, <laughs> one iron in and the And I fire. think the Eagles are the only one you haven't crossed off. Yeah, I haven't crossed off the Eagles yet. <laughs> Somebody needs to catch those dastardly cowboys. So really, so really, it's like a like a two horse race behind the cowboys for the wild card spot at this point. And I, right. first out of pride, have <laughs> just stuck yep. with Washington. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you, out of spite, have stuck with the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, out of spite, and also not wanting to be like reverse whammied. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't like the Eagles, and so it's better for me to be right about them if they do well. <laughs> All right, uh, Eagles Saints this week. Um, what are you thinking, man? I I'm all twisted up about this one. I don't know. And it's so uh, it's such a bizarre matchup, right? Uh, I, I, like, I feel like Eagles. the Saints are like basically the Broncos again. <laughs> right? They really. I mean, Trevor Simeon's their starting quarterback. Like they got some. That literally, he was a Bronco for a while. Yeah. Uh, it's just a vibe they have. I think. I think I'm gonna go Eagles. I think they're just clicking right now. Doesn't mean that they'll win like more in the long term, but I uh, I just like like where uh, like how they're moving at the moment, and I think the Saints are in kind of a desperation point. It's very possible that the Saints come out and blow the doors off, but it, this one's in Philly, right? Yeah. Yep. So I just I I just think Philly's going to be feeling themselves. The crowd is going to be into it. Nice November game, so. Gotta go, gotta go, birds, man. And there's so many variables like tapping into that universal cosmos thesis on picking games. There are so many variables yeah. here in this game. It really is mucking with my internal compass on this. Where I think logic, you pick the Eagles, right? Home game on a bit of a tear, at least relatively for this team, right? Two and one with the one loss being a three point loss that could have been a win. Um, with a hobbled Saints team with Trevor Simeon at quarterback, right? But then yep. you throw in the 0-4 at home variable, the Sean Payton versus the Eagles variable. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it feels like the Saints, any team he coaches, no matter who's at quarterback, just feels like the Saints have the Eagles number over the past couple of years. Stretching, him and Peterson had a pretty big coach rivalry for a couple of years. Right. Back, right. Um, like I, I don't know. It feels like Peyton and the saints are a team that I feel like have the ability to figure out any team, no matter who they actually throw out there um, and give them a game. They also have the capability to show up and just lay a turd. They're a very weird team, but I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to just ride the vibes and just say the Eagles have less problems right now. And, I think they're they're owed a home win, but 
there you're right this uh is a weird weird yeah. juju game i can't I, I can't i can't read the leaves on this one yeah the future is too murky i want to say eagles like 24 saints 17 okay yeah i like that i think i think i'm gonna go big i think i'm gonna go full gonna lean into the good eagles vibes i'm gonna say 34 20 eagles Never really that close. I'm feeling great, and then we'll see what happens in a couple weeks. All righty. All right. Uh, Cowboys, they're back, baby. Look oh, at this. yes, they're back. Can the, I? The quintessential get right game. What a get right game it was. Can I quickly just read, uh, not to cut you off, Cowboys yeah. demolished the Falcons 43 to 3. Here is the, um, like, a sequence of drives that happened in the first half atlanta turns the ball over on downs on a fourth and seven no less cowboys 70 yards down the field for a touchdown atlanta three and out cowboys 70 yards down the field for a touchdown (laughs) atlanta three and out cowboys 60 yards down the field for a touchdown atlanta block punt returned for a touchdown by the cowboys so atlanta gets the ball back immediately at, with just before the half, they run two plays, negative four yards. I think they just need it. But uh, just an incredible sequence of events from the Falcons. How this team is four and five <laughs> boggles the mind. It, well, you laid out you laid out such a great case for why they're a fraud at four and five last week when picking the Cowboys. They uh, are a fraud. Yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> the games they've won have been against bad teams, and they've been right. very narrow. And, and right, and they've gotten destroyed by every halfway <laughs> decent team they play. Their points differential is minus eighty-five, and they're four and five. The Eagles' points differential is plus twenty-six, and they're four and six. They've won. Yeah. They've lost another game. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Almost all twenty-six of those points probably came against the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, right. Right, the Falcons. The Falcons and the Lions, man. I mean, Jesus, this team. Anyway, uh, I guess we have to talk about the Cowboys. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know. There's really not much more to say. I think yeah. just analyzing them is moot at this point. They are what they are. Let's just talk a bit about the arc, the story arc. They had their paper tiger loss. Yeah. Last week they had their big get right, assert ourselves team game last week, and now they're playing the Chiefs this week. I feel like this is like if they beat the Chiefs, especially if they look dominant doing it. I feel like that's the closest thing to like a this might be a legit team signal until the playoffs we get from the Cowboys team. Yeah, very dangerous paper tiger legit team in the balance here because it really could if they lose to the Chiefs, I still think they're like as legit as they are right now. The Chiefs are kind of a quintessential like weird weird team. They're 6 and 4. They've kind of been shaky all year round. But there's they've won three straight and they're clearly starting to pull it together. I don't think Dallas wins this game, but if they do, you're right that it's a huge. It is like a oh, are they like a legit contender? Like when do we start seriously talking about them as a contender situation? It's really, like I uh, look at their schedule for the rest of the season. Like it's not like great from here on out in terms of like tests for them. You know, yeah, like they're getting the Raiders next week, which is probably the last halfway decent team they'll have to play. Then it's probably yeah. the Simeon Saints again, you know, and then d- bad division games for the rest of the year. They yeah. may not even need. We might be seeing starters resting as early as week 16 or right. 17. The, Car- the Cardinals week 17 game is the... uh that's going to be an interesting one where they're either resting or they're probably playing for like home field advantage yeah. Yeah. Uh, or like a buy or something. Yeah. So that could be, but that's also a situation where it's like the Cowboys have just been feasting at the table of all these weak teams for like five straight weeks. And suddenly they got to go, you know, host Arizona. I don't know. I think it's, they're definitely making the playoffs. I think pretty like, virtually lock unless like i don't even know the airplane goes down tomorrow or something like what jesus Sean. What? sorry <laughs> you can cut that if you want you can cut that. 
It's, I'm not trying to be the playoffs, man. It's not like their lives. What the? <laughs> a lot of things. Well, that's the only way they don't make it. <laughs> it's the only way. Like, right. sorry, <laughs> you don't have to include that. I'm not trying no, to. I'm including that. Be so uh, it's just like how else? How like I legit think they could trot pretty much their backups out there. Yeah. Stumble their way to like three or four more wins. They, they already did it. This right. Cooper Rush started so, a game and like and yeah. they still won. So like they're definitely making the playoffs. The question is just what their ceiling is like. Yeah. And again, that's that's And that's a, what I that's what I think this game is. I feel like this is the first and maybe only indicator until you're right, the Cardinals game, uh, that maybe we'll get. Because I feel like even if they don't demolish their next four, five, six opponents, right? It won't yeah. really mean much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I uh, agree. That's going to be a fun game, though, on January 2nd. If seating's on the line and stuff like that, that might be a legit playoff preview. You know? Um, that would be really... That, that 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 Arizona team is a lot of fun. You know, they've got Zach Ertz now, so you know they're really loaded up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, since Zach Ertz left the Eagles... What's happened? They look good. The Eagles yeah. look good. We might have to start drawing some conclusions. <laughs> but uh, Eagles look anyway. good without Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Right. Goddard was hurt for almost half the game yesterday. Kind of like an Odell high. Beckham situation. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the um, way, anyone who's been following Odell for like, I, I feel like such a stupid hipster with this. Is this, one. A sh- is this an episode of the NFC West show? <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe I, they're having so much fun. Over Odell there. talk, some we Cardinals talk. Uh, they're they're just so much more fun than everything that we do here. It's sad. Um, like everybody, it's weird that it's taken basically until now for people to be like, "Oh, is Odell like? Is he like a negative? Like, do they try to force the ball to him too much?" It's like, dog, have you not been watching Odell for like seven years? Yeah. This is just wide receivers do not matter. The last thing you want in your offense is somebody who is seen whose value as a playmaking threat is actually overestimated. Which Odell was a tremendous playmaker, but like when you just force your offense or scheme your offense around one guy and lack like a an actual cohesion or flow to it, of course it's going to look worse. Yep. Like obviously. I just I don't know. I, I'm I'm shocked that it's taken this long, and uh, I love that you know now it's happening in in LA where I feel like Odell has kind of always really belonged. So, anyway. all right, you inspired. That should be take. my take around I, the league, but it's I not. didn't I didn't I didn't have a take ready, but uh, I have one now. So thank you for that inspiration. All right, uh, okay. Cowboys, Cowboys Chiefs. Uh, I think the Chiefs probably win. Yeah, I think the same. I think the same. But if the Cowboys, I think it's fine if the Cowboys lose. Like it's fine, you know. I'm still kind of in the boat that the Cowboys are good, not great, and I'm not ready to get off of that hill. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are a really bad matchup for the Cowboys because the Cowboys want to control the game and grind you out. And make sure that they just lead and that you don't you can't mount a comeback. And the Chiefs can always mount a comeback. So the Chiefs just they hit so quickly. Dallas could easily find themselves in an early hole and they're just not built to recover from that. So I'm gonna take Chiefs. I think it's gonna be high scoring, like thirty eight to twenty eight. Yeah. But I think it's gonna I think be it's Kansas gonna be City. like thirty eight to thirty four Chiefs. Okay. And I feel like it's probably more respectable. Well, I, I feel like, honestly, that the story of the game is, is like, I think Dallas actually does get their game going. I don't think the Chiefs defense provides any sort of resistance to, like, the control the game, ground and pound sort of approach to the Cowboys offense. I think, honestly, the difference will be is, like, we talked a lot about the Cowboys defense, and while it was improved, it wasn't really fundamentally different. They were just maybe more opportunistic and yeah, flashier and able to make more plays but they're still fundamentally pretty porous and leave a lot of space on the field and i don't think i think that's a matchup nightmare for the chiefs offense like Diggs can play off of tyree kill and try to bait mahomes yeah. into picks, 
but Tyreek Hill is going to murder, right. murder him yeah. for four straight quarters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think oh, he's not Tyreek's Cowboys... son or girlfriend. So he, yeah. he'll be okay. <laughs> Sean. <But>, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's better than the point. I feel way guiltier about the plan one than that one. All right. This is it's fucked it, up. Yeah. This is the part of the show. I've been wanting to get to. <laughs> I was wrong, but I'm so happy to be wrong. Yeah. Heineke and the Brady Slayer, baby. Here we go. The revenge the game. It happened. It happened. Yes. Oh yes. my God. I texted you halfway through that game. I was like, I can't believe it's actually happening. I was like I, halfway convinced that the Bucks were like ready to come back at any point, no. and it never happened. They never had a chance. I have like a false memory of you agreeing with me, which is not what happened. You no. <laughs> Go back and listen to it. I was like, pick. there's no way in hell that happens. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, hell yeah, man. Like, we got it right. And you're like, what are you? Yeah. <laughs> I got but, it so uh, wrong. But yeah, uh, man, it's... before we, I want to, I want to do a Washington subreddit check. But before, yeah. before I do that, let's just, let's just say that. I feel like a lot of Washington fans are going to be giving Heineke and the offense their flowers, but the defense is what won them the game. And I think yeah. that, I think that that's a, that's a thing that a lot of Washington fans have taken for granted this entire year. They expected them to be the 85 bears and they weren't. And then they blamed the fact they were losing on the defense all year, <laughs> but the defense is doing exactly what they did last year, which was like, yeah, start, mediocre then round out into being great you know what i mean and those two picks early in this game set the tone and the buccaneers can never quite get out of that hole yeah i think uh i mean they just they lost chase young for the season that's the one thing that i'm like okay as someone who has not crossed off washington i'm now concerned right but maybe it's like a you know like a some of the parts blah 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 yeah. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, this is, this is, it was always weird to blame the defense too much. The defense didn't look great, but you could tell that there were pieces there that would start to gel. And now here they are. They look aggressive again. Tampa Bay looked completely hapless, made Brady look like a fool. Uh, we can give credit to that because he was shook due to Taylor Heineke's presence, but you know. <laughs> Uh, from the minute yeah, the defense, from, defense from, from the, the game coin ball. toss, from the coin toss, Brady looked into Taylor right. Heineke's eyes, just <laughs> got rattled. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't maintain eye contact in front of the alpha. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady was like, "Wow, the subreddit's right. You are like a white Russell Wilson." <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I can't yeah. beat that. Right. <laughs> Okay, should I go into uh, our reading series? Yeah, what's the subreddit saying about this win? All right. From everything I'm about to say here is quotes. They're not necessarily all from the same comment, but it's a similar sentiment across the board. Heineke's game face always looks like he's about to rampage in a mosh pit, and I fucking love it. (laughs) This dude is pure intensity and grit. Grit. Franchise yeah, QB. Yeah, yeah. Classic, <laughs> classic hard worker. Heineke has a quote, fuck you, I'm going to win, end quote. Mental flow zone that is really cool to watch. Flow zone? <laughs> a mental flow zone. <laughs> Where is my super suit? Oh wait, Taylor Heineke has it. I thought the I thought the flow zone was what uh Flozel Adams lured defensive ends. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's actually like the line of containment that if offensive linemen leave, it's downfield. <laughs> you can't let them get into the flow zone. <laughs> uh, Taylor, Eli Manning, Heineke. There, there it Eli. is. We knew it was coming. Yeah. We knew you, it was you, coming. You called that one. And we also called this next one Taylor, Eli, Nick Foles, Manning, Heineke. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Heineke MVP owns the fraudulent Buccaneers, I'm afraid. <laughs> And uh, the final that one. one this a one, Trump tweet. That one was a Trump yeah, tweet. If Trump that, was that a really Washington is. fan, it would have been Heineken VP makes Brady <laughs> look like a fraud. Um, this one is actually my favorite. It's pretty straightforward and not like as theatrical. He gave Brady a run for the money in the playoffs last year too. 
That's <laughs> <laughs> some hard-hitting analysis. <laughs> Literally, if you, like, ask Tom Brady, like, after that game, like, who did you play hey, today? He'd be like, right. <laughs> what? I just won my 8,000th playoff game. Like, I'm, I'm on autopilot right now. And they're like, the valiant Heineke, like, went down swinging. Tom Brady's like, man, I got, like, a commercial to shoot right now. So that's a that's a little recap. I will say, I, I think the subreddit is starting to figure out Heineke a little bit. And now some of the cooler voices of reason, it's sad what's happening over there. But some of the voices of reason are being like, well, maybe he's just a low-end starter, decent starter. And uh, it's it's unfortunate that they're, they're no longer like, Heineke is going to lead us to the Super Bowl by sheer moxie and willpower. But Boys. that was actually, I, I will say, that was actually the funny thing. At at no point in the Heineke adulation have they like levied expectations upon him. They actually haven't said stuff like, Heineke's gonna take us to the Super Bowl. They only say stuff like, I love his grit. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't want to get too far ahead of themselves. When's right. the last time they could ever talk seriously about a Super right. Bowl? Man, now I, have another, like, I have another. I have another take now. You reminded me of another take that I've had in my back pocket that I hadn't. Should I drop this one and and save the other one that I had for? All right, I'm gonna drop my. I take. don't know which one's better, so. Well, we'll find out. I'll give you both, okay. and then you tell okay. me which one's better. Okay. Uh, I actually don't have a good construction for this one, but it's something along the lines of like, um, it's incredible. Or rather, let's say, like, let's stop. Nah. I'll, I'll go. It's incredible that poise is only used to describe ballet dancers and NFL fringe starter starting quarterbacks. Right. <laughs> it's the only two arenas in which that adjective is relevant to anyone. No yes. one uses poise to describe a deli checkout person uh, <laughs> an insurance salesman insurance right. salesman right. <laughs> i don't true. know i don't know how poise made the crossover from like dance circles to nfl commenting circles but it's now such a self-perpetuating meme right. that any quarterback that doesn't like run around throwing errant passes and like <laughs> yeah. running into Anybody their offensive like, lineman's butt and, and taking what? a fumble <laughs> is now like poised and cool and confident. It's like, it's like a meme. Yeah. yeah. It is like, I mean, I get that it's, it's a useful byword for like describing something that you're seeing on video. Right. Cause you can tell yeah. when a quarterback is like quote poised as opposed to Mark Sanchez, you know, it's like very <laughs> evident. And that's just like a useful, like one word kind of phrase to like yeah. light that signal in your brain. I just remember it's like constantly, constantly during the Andy Reid era, whenever like Coy Detmer or AJ Feely came in (laughs) for their compulsory backup quarterback game, backing up McNabb, the the storyline would always be, look at his poise. White quarterbacks do tend to be more poised, especially (laughs) if they're pretty bad. You're mediocre. The ability to like, Take a three-step drop and like get the ball out of your hand right. without like, your taking the sack. Yeah, is like <laughs> immediately you're hoisted on the poise. Like, oh my god, <laughs> it's crazy. But anyway, I love this matchup coming up next week for Washington storylines galore because you have a three and six Washington team coming off the back of beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Facing the now Cam Newton-led Carolina Panthers. Ron Rivera, Cam Newton reunited again. Yeah, I love this game. Uh, I think the fun thing about this is Cam, it's not like Cam's throwing all the passes or anything. He's just, uh, but he has provided like that weird spark that they needed. There must be something about Cam in the locker room. I know he's like an anti-vax guy, right? That's why he was kicked off the Patriots or something. Like, he's definitely like seen as kind of like a um, an eccentric personality, I guess I would say. Yeah. But I there think must be. It was a little bit unconfirmed whether his vaccination okay. status or, or whether okay. just it was his eccentricity. I think he, okay. I think he kind of took 
offense to the anti-vax stuff and he said it was more just like they decided to go with mac jones and belichick didn't want cam's personality conflicting with like the team rallying around mac jones as i could actually kind of i could kind of buy that actually like you read some of these carolina panthers like like quotes after the game and it's like like General Patton was in the room or something. Like, <laughs> something about this dude must just be like, oh, like he he provides like a clear sense of like wanting to win or you know a focus towards. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Some intangible nonsense that no spreadsheet could define. But I think having him back has jolted what was clearly a good Panthers team. Like they were good early on in the season, and then they just kind of fell apart. I think it's given them that that's that revitalization that some teams need. So I, I am going to say, yeah. go ahead. I think it's going to be a good, a good game. However, I'm picking Washington. Okay. I'm going Carolina here. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think the reason why I'm picking Washington, I think the vibes coming off the bucks game is going to be strong. And I also think, I don't know if you saw this, but Fitzpatrick was ruled out for the year. Yes. Entering the Bucks game. <laughs> so this is franchise quarterback territory. No, I, I legitimately think there was some like backup quarterback stain and psychology going on in Heineke's brain. And I think I think knowing that he has the job from now until the end of the year, uh, he won't be good. But I think I think it'll free him up to play a little bit looser. I think you're gonna get a little bit of like legit starter Heineke energy in this game. All right, starter Heineke, something we've we've rarely seen. Uh, but when it happened, he almost toppled Tom Brady in the playoffs. He really and he and he beat Tom Brady last week as 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 un uncontested starter of the Washington Football okay. Team. Okay, he's one and zero as the guy. Right, all those <laughs> other games meant nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me; I'm talking uh, like a a pure Washington subreddit reader now. <laughs> you, well, it does get like the cadence does get to you after a little bit. <laughs> I'm just going to be posting on like other subreddits in the same fashion, like yeah. uh, like like a golf subreddit. I'm going to be like. <laughs> Mickelson killer instinct. And then like the text <laughs> of the post will be like, I don't know why, but something about me just says, I love this guy, his vibe, <laughs> his demeanor. Uh, anyway. Why are you picking Carolina? And what's the score? Um, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think that's right. It's going to be 23 to 19 weird score. Uh, 23 to 19 Carolina. I just think Carolina is legit, like starting to piece it back together again. You could argue that Washington just had this big statement win, but Carolina just went to Arizona and beat the Cardinals by 24 points on Cam's return. Like that's unquestionable good vibes. I think they're overall got a better roster. I do think the Chase Young injury is gonna take a little while to sort itself out and for the defense to kind of refine itself. So I'll I'm gonna stick chalk. I think is probably Carolina and that's what I'll go with. I'm just picking the other side of the vibes. I think the vibes are coming in strong on both that's sides. Fine. That's that's reasonable. Uh, but I think, I do think it's low score. I think it's like 20 to 16. I think it's due okay. Washington at 20. And then I think, I think a little bit of the cam vibes is a little bit like a not knowing how they're going to use cam. And I think just one game yeah. of cam is enough on tape for Washington to be like, Oh, we know. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That could be the case for sure. You know, but um, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, let's just Giants come back off of a bye this week. They get Tampa again. I want to. I want to also draw this storyline back to last year. But New York almost beat Tampa Bay yeah. last year. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Jones. This is one of the games that I've really felt like Daniel Jones th- literally threw away last year. And I just soured on him. And I was like, I don't know if he can be the guy. And that's still where I'm at, you know, a whole <laughs> year later. One year later. Are they yeah. going to be this year's, last year's Giants team in this game and lose a close one? <laughs> are they no. going to? Yeah. No? They're going to get blown out. <laughs> 
So you think you think last week was Washington's Dallas get wrong game or Tampa Bay's <laughs> Tampa Bay's Dallas's get wrong game? I do. I and do. this is going to be their bounce back get right game. Yes. Tampa Bay needed to lose last week to shed paper tiger status. And this is the game they come back and reassert themselves. I think so. Yeah. I just don't, I don't feel, I do think the giants are improving, but I don't trust the giants even coming off of a bye to be like, the offense is just not good enough. You know, that's not really going to change. Tampa Bay is also like pretty healthy. They're not, it's not like they're bad. I mean, their defense has been torn up a little bit, but again, the giants offense is bad enough that that doesn't really matter. Like, it's not like they're. It's not like Tampa Bay is like slipping due to like personnel being out. They're literally just taking their foot off the pedal in a long season after being the Super Bowl champs. But they very clearly have the ability to hit another level, and I can just see them pretty comfortably manhandling the Giants this week. I don't. I. I don't. I don't think it will actually be like a huge blowout. I just think the Giants like won't score at all. So I'm going to say Tampa Bay twenty four, Giants like nine. Yep. I think I think Tampa is going to win. I think it's going to be. Yeah. I think I think the Giants defense does make. I don't think it's going to be a blowout in a uh, like an offensive blowout sense. I think the Giants defense will make Tampa yeah. Bay look human, right? I just don't think the Giants offense will have their shit together. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> I think it's something age. like 24-16, maybe. <clears throat> yep, twenty four seventeen, something like that. Okay. All right. Take around the league. Uh, me first? Go for it. Okay, I feel like I've given a couple different takes this one, including some that maybe we should not include. Look at this. But, the creativity is flowing this week. We were struggling a few weeks ago, and now we've got multiple. I know. I know. This. Sometimes you just got to riff to find it. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, there should not be any wild card teams. Only eight teams should make the playoffs. I think it would be so fun. I like that. Uh, no, and that also means no playoff bye week. Just straight up, one one team from each division. If you were thirteen and four and you didn't win your division, like that's tough. I don't know what to tell you. Watch it at home. I like uh, these. Is my favorite brand of takes from you. The kind of like curmudgeonly. Yes, the rules should be different. Make make <laughs> takes. make things harder. Is yeah. usually yeah. <laughs> my angle. Like, yeah. make things harder and also make them more fun. Yeah. And I think my personal belief is like things become more fun when they're exclusive. Um, and it creates a different sense of value week to week. This yeah. is kind of the case in college football, like, which I'm not personally a big fan of. I mean, you grew up in the Northeast, there's not really a great college football team to watch. Um, but, like, most fans of teams in college football don't care about, like, winning the college football championship. Like, that's they're not yeah. ever really a contender. They're in it for, like, those big games, those big moments, those big rivalries one week to another. And yeah. I think the more the NFL opens the playoffs up and it just becomes kind of like the, oh, who's hot at exactly the right time because there's, you know, 19 teams in the playoffs. Yeah. It just becomes who can catch fire. And I think – I would just like to see for us fans of those bad teams who have been bad for a couple of years now, it just would lend a sense of pragmatism and give a different scope of enjoyment to the season. I legitimately think I would enjoy the giant season more right now. If I just knew, okay, Dallas is like kind of out of the running unless something crazy were to happen. Yeah. So I'm just going to enjoy the giants, like doing their thing and the players improving and we'll take it from there. You know, I think the thing I, I I actually do agree with you. Maybe not the exact suggestion. I think that I think my version of that take would be I think mediocre or even bad teams or even just bad markets deserve big games. What I don't think is the right answer is just expanding the playoffs to make like wild card weekend right. the de facto big game. I'd almost rather the NFL run two concurrent tournaments. And have like a loser's bracket and a winner's bracket or something where the winner's bracket's yeah. like the primo one where maybe only four to eight teams actually make it. Right. And then mm-hmm. 
there's like a consolation thing. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's what do you like, get okay. if you win the losers bracket? Like an extra third round pick or something? <laughs> I don't know. A smaller. It could be like a player. It could be like a player bonus. <laughs> a smaller version. Just like make it for the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Who's like 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 who's like another like the Mike McCarthy like another Packers coach, which is definitely not as good. The McCarthy Trophy. <laughs> it's just a watermelon in the shape of the Lombardi Trophy. No, they should get they should get like the uh, like the Marty Schottenheimer Trophy or something. <laughs> <laughs> the Dick for Meal. Yeah, the Dick for no. It has to it has to be a coach that like always made the playoffs but never right won right. A Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. Like a, like a classic coach of like a five seed. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Marty Schottenheimer does feel good for that. Vermeil would have been that, but then he got his ring with the Rams. Yeah, which isn't – I'm not cool with that. But I, I always feels like a Mike Martz team to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. More so. Yeah. But <laughs> I guess that's – Speaking of the Rams, mm-hmm. my take – we're actively watching Sean McVay go full Chip Kelly, and he will be fired within two years. Wow, I love this. <laughs> I love this so much. So this is what I think. Up to I think the Rams are currently being propped up by Raheem Morris and the talent they have on defense. I think that trading for Stafford was classic Chip Kelly hubris, thinking he can take Sam Bradford onto the Eagles and make him a winning quarterback. And while he while Stafford has looked great in spurts, he's thrown up absolute duds several games so far this year. And yeah. I think that McVeigh has this like egotistical rehabilitation complex where he thinks he can take in wayward problematic yeah. players just like Chip Kelly thought he could do because Belichick can do it, right? And they just fucking can't. And this Rams team will implode this year. They will not win the Super Bowl. And I can see them going eight and eight or seven and nine next year if they continue on this trajectory. I love it. I'm all about it. I I I love this take. I love that you've you've flip flopped in the best way about the McVeigh stuff, <laughs> which I think is really important. Um, well, here's okay. Like, here's here's the thing that tipped me on this and why I'm so convicted. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rams cut Deshaun Jackson supposedly because they couldn't find a role for him in the offense. Yeah. Which from a first principles perspective, I can respect. And I actually think that's a good decision, right? Like if you, if you have like an aging dynamic player that you just can't find a role for cut him and let's see if you can find a better role someplace else. But then they turn Mm -hmm. around and sign Odell Beckham jr. Which is basically like a very like, what role could you not find for Deshaun Jackson that you think Odell Beckham Jr. now has in that offense? It's just a flashier version. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah, I agree. I think I, I, I think it's it, – what I like about this is your hubris angle, which I think makes sense. Like the Browns have invested a lot in Odell. Um, for them to just let him walk like this yeah. clearly speaks to a total misfit Within their organization, they just couldn't sort it out, and and McVeigh looks at them and says, "Well, I'm not the Browns, you know. I'll figure it out. We'll be fine." I think it's. Uh, I agree with you. The right the right angle to take here. I'd love to see Sean McVeigh fired in two years and doing you know uh, Monday Night Football for a while. I think that'd be great. I think that's legitimately the path he's on. I I think that's. Um. I couldn't be more of a fan of that because, you know, I'm a Kingsbury guy. I think you can yeah. only like one. Yeah, know? I think that's true. And honestly, if I'm a betting man, I think Kingsbury gets a ring before McVeigh. Wow. I could see McVeigh leaving coaching without winning a Super Bowl. Very I mean, clearly, in fact. Yeah. I can see that happening. Right. Yeah, I can too. I don't I, – I, the Super Bowls do not come that easily. Like, I don't – I think the way that he's leveraged the Rams situation in terms of their roster, I know that it's like, oh, like they keep loading up on guys like they can't keep getting away with it type stuff. But 
there's no there's no exit strategy here. Like Donald, Stafford, all those guys are over 30. Like this could go downhill and you can't like gimmick win your way with whatever scrubs the Rams are about to have for the next five to ten years because of these decisions, you know? Which I'm okay with. I'm okay with them yeah. making these short-term decisions. I just think they're not going to reap the the rewards from them, and instead it's going to be a lot of consequences. I mean, here's the thing. Their, their way of attracting stud vets to take sweetheart deals for their team is classic pyramid scheme level. It is, it is. Like... Including Deshaun Jackson. The players are leaving money on the table, right? In the promise that they'll be rewarded um, by being in this situation. The only way that story sustains itself is if they actually deliver and win a ring, right? Yep. If they don't deliver, which I don't think it's likely they will, the entire house of cards implodes, right? They can't get these sweetheart deals. Their cap explodes and they need to go back to doing what every other team needs to do to be to build a sustainable winner, which is draft well, get cheap players and control them for as long as possible. Then hope to God when they cycle out, you draft again and continue yep. drafting good cheap players. <laughs> right. You know, right. like it's just not, it's not sustainable. And I think, I think if you're looking for a canary in the coal mine on McVay's hubris and to get out on him as quickly as possible, it is 100% cutting Deshaun and then signing Odell in this place. Yes, I agree. I also think this to your point about, their unrealistic cycle and pyramid scheme nature it is kind of like the brady bucks um except but that like has a, discount, a that has that, with they, a discount version yeah like antonio brown is better like gronkowski is really good you know there's just whereas this is a little more like i'm oh, not i'm not saying that strategy is like a bad one but it works for the Bucks because Brady came in with a resume of right. six rings and then won one on his first year back. Like it's like, <laughs> you yeah. know, like that, that is the story and it already validated itself. You know what I mean? And yeah. the Bucks, they'll take it for as long as they can. And then they'll go back to doing whatever they were doing beforehand, beforehand. Just right. Bucks things. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing Bucks things. Right. But the Rams have never been that. They continue yeah. to not be that. And apparently one Super Bowl appearance was enough to validate McVay into being that guy. And I'm not buying it. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna implode. I agree. I also think you can only very few we've gone on for this take for probably too long now. We're just piling on Sean McVay. Yeah, and it's um, because it's right. It's so easy. <laughs> um I I think it's really hard to be like a leading offensive mind in the league for more than a couple of years just because the rule changes, mm -hmm. you know, make it hard to adapt. Rule changes literally change like the fabric of the game, how teams play, what kind of players you're looking for. And most coaches, it's more like a square peg fits a square hole, you know, like they're the right they have the right brain for a certain framework of NFL rules in which to design plays and find the right personnel. Um, I think outliers to this, like Andy Reid, is probably yep. a, like the guy who's just always been able to innovate and do his own thing. Um, but most offensive whiz kids, like they don't last that long. You know, it's just not that kind of league. So, um. I, th I think it all lines up. I think we're about to. I would love to see the downfall, and I fully endorse endorse this take. It would make it a lot easier if they followed yeah. up on my take of no wildcard teams, but maybe <laughs> one day. Well, here here's what I'll add for you too, just to sweeten it a little bit for your worldview. Right? Uh, one is, I think this take also validates your take that uh, there shouldn't be coaches, and that it should just be the players. Because <laughs> yeah. I think the reason why. Brady works is because that system's built around a player that has done it and not a fragile coach right. that has done it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aaron Donald should just be the coach. Yeah. He just should be like, <laughs> literally that's fine. Yeah. Are you telling me that the Rams are, are worse than seven and three if no coaches exist and Aaron Donald just happens to be the coach of the Rams? I think no. they come out every week just looking to beat the other team's brains. In. They look great. Yeah. All right.
That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Send us a mailbag, NFC Leaks mailbag at gmail.com. Join our Discord. Williams, until next week, my friend. It was fun, pal. See ya. Yeah.